You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. With episode three of Life is Strange, we've reached the point where a substantial part of the story should be taking place. This is the middle. We've already spent two episodes honing our time travel craft, and so this episode should throw us headfirst into the investigation into Rachel's disappearance, as well as provide us with a lot more answers as it pertains to the massive tornado, which threatens to rip Arcadia Bay off the map. However, that's not what we got. Instead of answers, we got more questions. We also got a massive plot twist that, while some saw coming, did not change the severity of the scene. Now, before we get started on this, as well as on all of tonight's discussions, know that despite the fact that we will try not to spoil too much, we will be spoiling some things. Probably we're going to spoil everything. We're going to spoil everything. How are you doing without doing it? We're going to try not to, but we're going to. Well, in the case of Life is Strange, Episode 3 has been out for a while. That's free game for all of the spoilers. By the time this goes live, I'm going to say Tales from the Borderlands is going to have a seven-day grace period. That's that's more than I give most people. I might get this up by tomorrow. That's possible. It might be a couple of days. Anyways, we can, we can we can talk around a lot of the Borderlands stuff. Well, kind of uh, yeah, talk around Life is Strange. Yeah, Life is Strange. You, there's not much getting past the fact of, of what occurs. Uh, we are going to start with Life is Strange. Before we go into details about um, exactly what happens, general opinion of this versus the other two episodes, Joe. I think I like this the most, actually. Right. Okay, Vince. I think I'd put it in the middle. Right. I, st- I still think the episode one was the best. So do I. So do I. But definitely better than two. Oh, yes, yeah. this was still pretty damn strong. Yeah, yeah. So what we start off with here is Max is still reeling from Kate's suicide, and she's supposed to meet Chloe outside of the dorm, and it's it's at nighttime, and she has to sneak by the principal who's plastered. And who's outside of the dorm and he's looking to get into one of the rooms. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that actually took me a while just because I didn't realize I had to back up as far as I did to make it past him kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so I kept trying a whole bunch of different shit out and nothing was working. And it was like, I was trying to like turn on the sprinkler. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I was like, I was sitting there like, well, I either need to do something with this totem or get back in the building and neither of those things is working. What the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah. It was an interesting scene, though, because up until this point and and to a certain degree, rightly so, the principal comes off more as an antagonist even than just an NPC in, in the story. So here you see the human side of the character. Because again, it's he lost a student, so of course he's going to be racked with guilt and the drinking too much to get through. It is kind of something that you can relate to. So I, I have yet to meet anybody that managed to save Kate. Yeah, really. <laughs> I know it's is possible, it possible? <laughs> but nobody I, yes, I know has like, done it. 
Same here. Nobody I know has been like I, I I asked everybody I know that plays. I'm like, did you were you able to save Kate? And they're like, no. Can you? I'm like, I know it's possible. Nobody. Okay. Like, I think I'm at like 15 people. You both said you know it's possible. How do you know? Is it because the internet tells us it is? <laughs> Wasn't that one of the the wrong. stats at the end of the episode? Yes, it was one of the whether or not one you of the saved stats, her. One of the stats at the yeah. end was whether or not you saved Kate. Okay. And I think it was like something like 85 didn't and 15 percent did. And I'm like, who the fuck are these magical 15 percent? Yeah, that's pretty high. I know, actually, I know. Like, I got to the last question and I fucked it up. Yeah. Like, we talked about this when we yeah. did our episode two discussion. Okay, moving back again to to this one here. Yeah. You um, once you make it past the the principal, you are actually um, you go out with uh, with Chloe and you wind up just breaking into the school, anyways. Which well, not breaking. You have well, keys, you you have the keys. So, so, yeah, I mean, mean yeah. <laughs> the it's it's such a small town thing to do, and you know, and it's you, like the greatest thing they've ever done. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you know, I come from a small town, and people think, well, yeah, you break out just to break into the school. To, got to be something else you could do no in small towns there's not always something else to do so you do stupid shit like this so the where it got a little too kind of far-fetched not even a little is when they're building a freaking pipe bomb to get into the principal's office like that's a little (laughs) extreme there so yeah the that took me a while, too, to figure out how to get around the alarm. See, I figured it out immediately, and it was one of those where in after I, I, I figured it out and I did it and I kind of did the old teleport in thing, then it was like, that's what we need. We wanted more in episode two where it's a clever use of the ability and not just yet another training of said ability to prove that you can do it. So I, despite the fact that it's like, once again, building a goddamn pipe bomb, at least it was cool in terms of how it made you think to get around the door, the alarm, all that stuff. The actual breaking in, you get there. It is again. There okay, it is again. We're gonna just get this out of the way right now because it actually occurred during. Do we have a ghost co-host. Apparently, <laughs> there's somebody else in this call with us. So as you're listening to the episode, if you hear a little blurb in the background at some point. We have no clue who it is, where it's coming from. It's Pooks. Yeah, really. It's, it's, it's unintelligible. Have, have you gotten so drunk? You are now it's one so with the internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's Neo. Not really. Anyways, the I found the stuff in the principal's office once again kind of lacking too. It's all it is is pretty much what you'd expect. You go in, you find the files kind of reading up on everybody and so there was nothing i mean there's yeah you got the moral choice with the money the big whoop and then you're finding the few things on his computer and things like that and the stuff leading back to nathan and how it was covered up but you knew all that before so for all of the efforts to get into that office and then figure out the time placement thing and whatnot. And the payoff, I didn't think was worth it at all. And then the, the old play hooky and go swim in the pool afterwards is another one of those where it's like, eh, whatever kind of thing. It's, it was, I didn't think it was cliche because once again, it's a small town thing. So of course they're going to just go and be silly teenagers and go swim in the pool kind of thing. But it, it didn't add to the narrative of the story though, you know, yeah, they talked a little bit and revealed a few things and then the hiding from 
Chloe's father when he shows up. But I didn't think that it had, again, using the analogy of movies, it would have been on the cutting room floor because I personally didn't feel that it added enough to the story. Well, I mean, it kind of fit the whole, like like you were saying, the whole small town, there's nothing else going on. And it was like that whole sequence, that whole chain of uh, of events was something that I don't know about you, but when I was a kind of a punk ass kid in high school, that shit that we did, because there was literally nothing else to do. And that just kind of happened. And it was everything from breaking back into the school to, you know, doing the whole pool scene to hiding from somebody like these are all classic, like coming of age moments. And I thought that was kind of the entire point of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Again, it's just one of those when you're looking at something like this where you have only five episodes, a limited amount of hours per episode, the breadth of what is happening, which, again, did not get moved forward in this episode at all like the the main story did not move an inch with this episode it did some really it, how so yeah how more, more having to do with uh what's his name with the the rv frank okay frank. i'll give you that for, but, well no i'm not because it didn't move forward all we did was find out that he true, and rachel true. had we, a, it, a relationship yeah, it, it, it didn't, didn't move forward. It got more complicated. Yeah. I, yeah I'll, I'll give you that much. So once again, it's, and I'm not saying that I didn't like the episode because I did. I, and mm-hmm. once again, I preferred it to two, although that's, that bar wasn't too high, but not as much as one. It, it still was a good episode. And once you toss in what happens towards the end, which we'll get into, th- that really elevated it as well. I was going to say, yeah, that, that's what made the entire episode for me. So back again to the they leave the pool and um, Max winds up crashing at Chloe's place. And then there's a lot of time there at the house as well, where she is changing into Rachel's clothes. They're talking and then she's going downstairs. She's helping Chloe's mother with getting breakfast ready once again this was one of those where when you're looking for the ingredients i'm going this is telltale making sure that they insert a telltale games moment into the game with that mechanic of okay now you got to go look around the house and find the loaf of bread i could not or the find eggs. that fucking bacon those, to save my life god well i thought it was really i couldn't find the fucking eggs the eggs or, by the door or, or maybe it was the eggs I yeah by which. the door that was Dude, the, eggs. the eggs the eggs i wanted to stab somebody i'm sitting there like where the fuck are the goddamn eggs that was everybody i think so but but again for me it was one of those where I, i'm doing this and i'm thinking god damn you telltale we didn't need this this is not the fun stuff. It this, did. This, is, this wasn't Telltale, Roger. What's that? This wasn't Telltale. Oh, no, don't not. Sorry. You know what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> it's I such a freaking, mean. yeah, it's I'm just, just the same the thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're right, and you're right to correct That's me. That's my but, job. But, yeah, no, it's don't nod. I knew that, people. Shut up. Don't email me. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, okay, well, it's the, it's, well, what I said stands, though, about the Telltale mechanics. <laughs> About forcing no, you to explore true. and do that. That said, by the time she's going into the garage again, investigating some more to figure things out and to break into the laptop and whatnot, at least at that point, yes, you're using the game's mechanics to investigate and whatnot, but it makes more sense. And it's it's 
it's leading towards something that's important to the story, not making freaking breakfast kind of thing. So at that point, it got a little bit more interesting as well, especially once David returns and then you start yeah. – you confront him. Then it's like, oh, OK, now we're finally seeing something going on, something but happening. The, I would disagree though. The making of the breakfast was kind of important, but it doesn't really seem important until you get to the end. I would have had no trouble with the breakfast scene if it hadn't taken me 20 minutes to find the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having that downtime and like that sweet moment with uh, Chloe's mom, like I was all for that. And you know, all the character development that came out of that entire scene, it was great. It's the fucking eggs kind of ruined it. <laughs> so what did you guys do when it came to the confronting David? Did you guys kind of spur Chloe's mom on and... Oh, yeah. Ride him out and oh, stuff. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that's what I did. Dude. dude, fuck him and the goddamn horse he rode in on. So, also, did you guys go to kiss Chloe when she dared you? Yep, absolutely. I didn't. Oh, no? Okay, I did. I did. I wanted to see what would happen. Is Was it supposed to be more than just a little girlish kind of dare or what kind of thing? Turns out, yeah, that's pretty much it. They were, I read a thing, too, where they were making a big deal about it, and I'm going, oh, come on. This is just kids being kids. But I think oh, it was one of those don't, things Don't, don't get me wrong. I watched both scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but I went with the no option. What is I the went, no option? What happens? Oh, she, she just kind she of She just, like, kind of, around. you know, gives Chloe a hard time. She's yeah, like, oh, oh you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not Rachel. You can't do that with me. Yeah. See, for me, it was just one of those moments where it's like it. it was a – wonderfully awkward moment between people figuring out who they are. Like that, that was the, and I know we talk about this a lot with this game, but it just, it kind of resonates with me being that age, figuring out who you are. That's one of the reasons I love these games so much is because during that time frame, I spent way too much time trying to figure out who the frig I am. Uh, and it just like those moments make it for me because those are the moments that some people have. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was very real. It wasn't like, Oh, and all of a sudden panties are flying. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, no, I agree. It, yeah, it was, was it really was awkward. Yeah, yeah was and exactly that's what it was supposed it. to be. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying because that's why when other people were saying other things, I was going, come on, give me a break. But I just and wanted, was, I wanted to, I wanted to specify because I didn't want anybody to think that I was skeezier than I actually am. <laughs> I don't think that's possible, Joe. Yeah. So next up is where they do confront Frank because there's there's our ghost. Yeah. <laughs> It's getting interesting, though, at least. It's, it's an EVP. We're, we're going to have to break this down and like enhance the audio. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out who this dude is. Enhance. Really? Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so now we're, we're, we're back to Frank because we found out that Frank and Rachel had a relationship. They, Chloe and Max head over to the diner. You, you wind up kind of, once again, using your mojo on Frank to get his keys, using the, the time displacement thing and then you basically what? break into his RV and and find the proof that yes in fact he was nailing Rachel and that again it was one of those where it added a little bit but certainly not as big a punch as I think they were going for yeah I would agree with that but I also don't think that they banked it on that being the punch moment mm-hmm. I think that that was just one of those things where everybody keeps talking about like that, that's one of the themes right is throughout the entire episode, oh, Rachel was a good girl. Rachel was, you know, she was just confused. She was figuring things out and blah, blah, blah. But then you get to that moment and you realize maybe she really wasn't. Maybe she actually knew what she wanted and what she wanted was not here. Yeah. And that she was just tired of being what everybody wanted her to be. And it adds a nice little kind of twist to it because it's like, 
well, if that's the case, why did she leave Frank behind? Why, like, it it, add, it does definitely adds more questions, but it yes. deepens her character. And I also like what it did for for Chloe's character as well, coming to these realizations Yo, yeah, herself. Oh, that yeah. was that was very important. Yeah. But to digress real quick, what's up with the creepy fucking homeless lady? The one outside Which the one? diner, or the the one that lives behind the diner? Because now two episodes in a row, I've talked to her, and I'm like, why? She, <laughs> she is a decision too. Did you notice that? Yes. And like, like it does. It's not obvious. Like, I got to the. I didn't realize it during the game, but when I got to the end, I'm looking at the choice. I'm like, hell, what? Okay, what I missed this. I, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about the same yeah. one. So who are you talking about? What is this? There's, There's this a weird really- homeless lady that lives behind the diner. Like, I don't. Maybe you could get to her in episode one, but I don't think so. No, because you yep, didn't go to the diner. Can. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I saw her. She, in episode is, she one. is present in every single episode. I'm gonna have to double check, but yeah, like this is it, and like she knows all the dark moments. secrets of the town, and like it. She's just weird, and like she's so friendly, and like Max is friendly. Like it's like you know, oh hi, homeless lady, how are you doing today? <laughs> but but like I don't know. She's I'm trying. She's got a very twisty blog lady to something, to it. but I can't figure out who or what or where yet. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, and, that, and that's the thing, and like, and, and she's a decision, like, they made it a point, like, that's one of the decisions, that's one of the first decisions on the page, like, whether or not you helped her when you finished this episode, it's like, and, like, for me, like, I noticed she's there, but I'm like, help her with what? Okay. Like, I couldn't figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. Gonna have to go mm-hmm. back and check that out. Okay, this all leads us now to, back to uh, Max. At one point that... I can't remember if it was after the breakfast or before or whatever, but Chloe's mom gives um, Rachel a picture, an old picture of uh, for breakfast, yeah, of 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 them. And so she is at towards the end of the story. She's looking at this picture and realizes basically she's like a freaking Pokemon who's evolved. Now she can go way back in time. So she actually goes back to that period of that picture. And once again, you've got a breakfast scene kind of thing, only it's their kids and Chloe's father is alive. And this is the morning that he was going to be passing away in in a car accident. And that's what set Chloe down on such a horrible path with her life. So, here you are back in the path and you, you have that same kind of, you have the, the same abilities to distort time and you can kind of mess around with that and you can change this so that he doesn't go. And there's a, a few different things that you can do, different ways that you can stop him from getting his car keys or getting into the car. And then you can convince him to, to take the, um, take the bus. The bus. I really like that there were so many options. Yeah where he would find the keys. Cause I was getting that sense of hopelessness of, Oh my God, no matter what he, I what do, you I'm do, not yeah. going to change this yeah. like until I finally like fixed, found one that worked. I had that same thing that, Oh shit. Like, is this a fixed point in time moment? Like, mm-hmm. is this, a, is this my lesson? And I can't always fuck with everything. And see, I thought it was going to be that kind of thing, but the, the kind of lesson where you realize that screwing up time here, will screw up some, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be essentially kind of thing. But it didn't go that route. It went the route of well, the butterfly wings that you don't know what changing this will do to everything else that you know to be the truth in the future or so in the present. that was a weird one, too. Apparently, a lot of people did not mark the fireplace. Did you guys mark the fireplace? I did. I did not. What do you mean mark the fireplace? 
Oh, could, interesting. When you were super back in the past, you could put like a little butterfly graffiti on the fireplace. Right below the, oh. right below the little lintel. Just to make sure that this actually happened. More or uh, less. Well, like we, ha- we haven't seen the future since then, so I'm assuming that'll come up in the next episode. Okay. Damn. But it was kind of interesting because it was one of those things like I saw the, the, the breakdown at the end and like 80% of the people didn't do it. And well, I'm like, I think it's because, because every we didn't time see you it. screwed up hiding the keys and had to rewind time, you had to go and put it back. So I no. think a lot of people just missed going back to putting it after they rewound. Maybe, but it was one of those moments where it's like, I don't know, like, I think people are like, I think at least the, some of the ones that I've talked to are more like Roger, like they didn't realize that it was. I like, didn't even see it. I, I did not. Yeah. So well, it was because it was out of the it was out of the way. Like, I mean, how did you guys what, what decision did you guys make to get rid of the keys for good? I tried so I many that I don't sink. remember which one worked. <laughs> yes, uh, I think I did put them in the sink. See, I threw them in the backyard, which is how I accidentally found out about the butterfly. Okay. Uh, wait, the, 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 the first time, I didn't even try to hide the keys. I was just walking around looking at all the stuff. And then, and then when I realized, them. oh, shit, he's going to leave, I was like, where's the keys? Yeah, and by then it was here. too late because I was just too busy messing, poking everything. <laughs> that was the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so, but again, it's, again, going back to the butterfly wings, the, the, uh, the, 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 the memory ends it's not really a memory, but that time displacement ends. And then all of a sudden now you see, once again, everything that's changed because of the choices that she made. Now all of a sudden Max is hanging out with the quote-unquote cool kid. Victoria is actually in the social status kind of way, even beneath her in how she's treating her kind of thing. She's in the Vortex Club. And then, of course, when she takes the... The, the, the trip over to Chloe's to see whether or not it had, again, quote unquote, worked if they had saved her father. He opens the door. So you have that fantastic moment of, yay, it worked. Yeah, you bastard. Dramatic <laughs> moment here, please. Stop it. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, there's Chloe, and you knew something had to be bad, horribly bad. Well, yeah, she's a quadriplegic. So it was, it, I don't want to say predictable. You knew something had to be wrong because yeah, you can't just have that purchase. That. Yeah. So you like, knew something had to be wrong. I expected the mother to die like as a, as a, like, yeah. a trade-off like, because he took too long getting there. Like she got mugged or something and like was killed. You know, I was expecting something absolutely terrible like that. Not... Not Chloe is, oh God, no, that. And like, I had that feeling too, like in the back of my mind when I saw the, when they were doing the, the flash forward where the pictures were changing, I'm like, oh fuck, which of these is going to be the bad thing? Which of these is going to be the bad thing? Which of these is going to be the bad thing? What I liked about this was it's not really morality questions, but mm-hmm. it really makes you think. And you're sitting down thinking, okay, well, there's a lot of different, well, what would I do here as, as everybody involved? Because you're thinking, okay, well, as, as Max, you're thinking, okay, which, which is worse? Chloe, yeah. like she was, completely screwed up with life and, 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 and getting worse because of her reaction to what's going on with Rachel and all that and not having a father. And and how much he meant, I think his name was William, wasn't it? Uh, William. How much he meant to Max as well kind of thing. And then versus being a quadriplegic. But 
again, it's it's one of those things where anybody who's I shouldn't say anybody, but people who are quadriplegics too, like will say. I'm I'm quite certain a lot of them do get extremely depressed and want to end their lives, but I'm quite certain there's probably a number of them who are like saying, "No, I'm alive. I deserve to live, and I and and I'm going to live my life, and it's still a good life kind of thing." I'm here, mm-hmm. so when you think of it in terms of then uh, uh, Chloe as a character, well, she might be feeling that and be happy that to, to give away that freedom that she had before, so that her father could be in her life. Or how will she react when you present it to her? Should you present it to her? All of these things. And it's those questions that I pose to myself after playing the game that I actually enjoyed more than that final scene. Yeah, there's no Paragon Renegade option here. They, it, I don't know. Yeah. And just, it's one of those things where I'm going to be in. I, I honestly hope that's one of those points where they take away your control. So that whatever decision you make is your decision. <laughs> yeah. Because th- I don't know what I'm going to be presented with, but. Well, here's an interesting I know thing, I'm going right? to have a hard time making that choice. And I'd like the permanence of it, too. Like, that's what you're saying as well. Here's the interesting thing. Did you know that you can actually not go into the photo? No, I didn't know that, actually. You could actually end the game end that episode without actually going into the photo or backing all the way out of it. And apparently decent percentage of people didn't go into the photo. So I'm really curious how that divergent point is going to affect the rest of the episodes. Do you know mm-hmm. what happens if you don't? No, the, the episode ends with her just staring at the photo. Really? Why wow. wouldn't you go into the photo? And I didn't know this until like when it completed again, like this is one of those things where like you complete the episode and you kind of like see all the choices and you're like, well, wait a minute, what the hell? And I didn't go back because it wasn't what I would do. Like, I left it with with Chloe in the wheelchair because it's like, that's what I would do. But I went through and looked at some of the other playthroughs online and people were just like, they would drop the photo. And then, like, you have the choice of picking it up or not picking it up and, like, going in and not going in or backing all the way out and just kind of, like, walking away. And there are people who actually did that. And I'm like, the smarter players. (laughs) (laughs) If, 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 If we if we ever, you know master time travel these are the responsible adults that you want to have control over that <laughs> not fuck nuts like us that would screw everything up but it really makes me curious how episodes four and five are going to play out yeah. now because that's such a huge divergent point then like you're, you're talking about two completely different realities i'm glad that the game actually allows that that's pretty cool and it it certainly does actually make me want to do another playthrough and make significantly different choices from the ones that I'm making now. That's awesome. Okay. We are going to move on from there and actually tackle a telltale games because <laughs> we got episode three as well from tales from the borderlands and a uh, Joe, I know that you love this. Absolutely. <laughs> you, Absolutely. You still feel it was better than borderlands two though. I, yeah, like wow. aside from Tiny Tina, which I really enjoyed Tiny Tina, um, I didn't really care for Borderlands 2 all that much. Like, I, it was a good game, but it wasn't like my top. Oh, but this dude, one is like, Jesus. I'm invested in the You're characters. Terrible person. God, really? Borderlands 2 was great. All the stuff with Roland, too, and everything else. And Mordecai. Oh, God. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. And his bird? I don't know where to begin with that. Oh, uh, here we go. Once again. You know what? He doesn't, I, he doesn't know I, where to begin with it. I agree with you, Phantom Ghost. I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> God. But, if, if you didn't cry when Bloodwing was killed, 
There's something wrong worse with you. than me. Oh no, no, like Bloodwing dying was sad, but it was just even then the rest of the story in the game, like they were just like it was just it didn't suck me in the same way Borderlands One did, and it like it was one of those things where like I know people love it, I know people enjoy it, and that's great, that's fine. I'm not going to take that away from them. I just happen to like the story that's kind of being told in this game better than that. Oh, that certainly doesn't take away from that. I, I agree too. The story that's going on in Tales from the Borderlands is freaking amazing. I love it. I actually. I, 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 I'm not enjoying it more than Borderlands 2, but I would say actually it's on par, if not better, than Borderlands, the original, and definitely better than the pre-sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, this is freaking awesome, awesome yeah, I, stuff. I, I will honestly say it's the second best Borderlands yeah. game. And <laughs> Gordas is the oh, coolest amazing. freaking robot we've had in a very, very long time. We need a Gordas Claptrap team up now. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, with a special <laughs> appearance by Loaderbot. I was going to say, Gordas, <laughs> you know Claptrap, what? and Loaderbot need to form into like fucking Voltron. No, we need a movie with Gordas and Claptrap and, and, and Loaderbot, but in the style of like a hangover movie. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Wait, there, there's your next poker night at the inventory right there. That would be freaking awesome. Oh, my God. Make it happen, guys. Um, but, yeah, Gordas was awesome. I actually had to look at who does the voice. It's actually Johnson. I was like, it's the voice of Ellie, for Christ's sakes, and The Last of Us. It was like, awesome. And I don't know about you two, but I got such a strong Alphonse vibe from Full Metal Alchemist. It yes. sounded like him. There was even that tinny echo that sounded plus it was it sounded like a kid as well and it was like oh my god it's Alphonse it's like I could I could hug you and just <laughs> make you all better if I could and considering that one of your characters has a completely bionic right arm yeah I mean I totally got that vibe too <laughs> yeah so it was it was freaking cool as shit anyways and and Gordis while still being you know way above everybody else in terms of how much we love the character. I mean, Jesus, Athena was back and awesome in this episode. Yes. Like the last episode, yeah, kind of, oh, she was yeah. just there. This, oh my God, she was incredible. We got freaking Brick and Mordecai in this, which once again, awesome stuff. Queenpin had never seen her before anyways, but she was freaking cool shit as well. And then yet more of Handsome Jack. It, like not a lot though but not enough. a lot but what was there was great and then the scientist the atlas scientist too was awesome like we got so many great characters and i, I know he's a robot but more character development for <laughs> loader bot dude than we've seen <laughs> with like fully fleshed out human people in other games Games like Loader, when Loaderbot's my homeboy. When, when you make I'm up, I'm so with, happy we were finally able to make up with Loader. Yes. <laughs> Did you give him props? Oh Hell yes, yeah. absolutely. I didn't because Robo fist, Robo fist. Yeah, Robo fist was there. Fist was there. Bro, 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 and bro, bro, bro. I was bro. doing something. Oh, I was taking a screenshot. I was going. I gotta get a screenshot of this. Oh but God. then I was like moving the camera and stuff and taking, and I took too long, and I missed the chance to give him a fist bump. And I was like, God damn, do I go back to a save or not? And I was like, No, I want to see where this goes. And he still forgave me. He gave me a pat on the head there at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, We're good. We're good. Loaderbot and I are all right now. So, random, random. Back to Gordis real quick. Do you guys know what Gordis is actually in real life? In real life. No. In real life. No. 
Gordis was, and this is, I'm going to nerd history here for a minute here. Cause say, I, I, for the second time tonight, fucking nerd. <laughs> dude, it, I, I'll take it. So Gordis, <laughs> Gordis is actually the name of what was once the capital city in Crete, uh, was the center of the Roman empire's power for that region at that time. And it was also the very first excavated city of Roman and Greek origin in like 1884. It's really kind of, I think it's a very deliberate choice for the name, and I fucking yeah. love it. That's awesome. So here now, again, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. The crew actually are, they've been they kind of, well, kidnapped, kind of is a strong word, but <laughs> they're, they're, they're going through first before, actually before the kidnapping even, they're, they're going through different parts of Pandora that are Pandora than, than we've seen actually even throughout the games kind of thing. That road trip montage was That awesome. was amazing. Because they need to go find the upgrade for Gordis and so that he can once, or she, once she's been upgraded, then she actually can help you find the vault that you're looking for kind of thing. So you're doing this whole road trip thing going on and there's these new zones in Pandora with different creatures that you're not used to, the flying spore creature things and whatnot. And it was awesome because it was, it still had the feel of Pandora, but a completely different kind of zone than you would have explored in either of the, the, the Borderlands games. So I really freaking dug it. I, oh, it was gorgeous. All of that stuff oh, was yeah. freaking great. The thing that I liked too was that it, again, you can investigate and go around. We've spent so much time on, on Pandora throughout all of these games that you kind of bypass some stuff. You just kind of look it over because it's, oh, I've seen this. I, yeah, it looks great, but whatever. Yeah. But this, dude, I was looking over everything. I'm clicking on everything. Oh I'm looking at everything. God, the stop plants. looking at mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was some, some, some awesome stuff there. So you're, and like there's that kind of race between um, Queen Pin and her crew kind of thing, as well as with your guys trying to find the update to, to Gordis and you you meet up with her later on too. You, there's everything from, you know, shootouts. You can get Vasquez killed. You can, there's the the race with the car that's that's chasing after Gordon. I totally murdered his ass. Which one, Vasquez? Vasquez. Oh okay. yeah, so did I. Oh no no, I sold out August, and she still killed Vasquez. Okay. I got a twofer. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right. She ripped now. the earring right out of that little asshole <laughs> and then shot Vasquez. But she left August alive then. Yes. Okay, yeah. Because I was well, going to say, who's, if you, who's oh, in the that's Jeep right. then? You probably don't get that then. Since I sold out August, August is her son. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't get that. Yeah, I, I think you only get that information if you sell out August. Oh. Because when you when you point the finger at him, he's like, "Come on, Ma, you can't do that to me." Okay, that's awesome. You also get uh, more details on Athena, like I was saying earlier, where you find out that she's actually she's not out to get you. She's on a contract to protect you. So her mood kind of changes. Felix, of all people, that was yes. <laughs> that was I, I, cool. I almost ran out of time on that dialogue choice because oh. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> There were actually a few of those for me for this episode mm-hmm. where it took me longer because it's like, okay, because I haven't been backing up to previous saves. So I'm really want to make sure I'm choosing the right one kind of thing. So I actually, um, completely off topic, but I, did you guys pick up any of the, the upgrades 
when you're in the science shop, you can change your look or your character or any of the extras and whatnot. I'd spent a lot of money previously hooking up my awesome uh, caravan. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I only had enough money for one upgrade. So I had to upgrade Fiona's outfit so she could get a hat back. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was important. She needed a hat again. Yeah. I, 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 totally, I totally want steampunk just for the hat. I That's my next one. Although I, I might save money just for the loader bot outfits. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to choose the tux or the tiger. That tiger one is friggin' awesome. He looks like Tony the Tiger. That was awesome. I love that that's an option. Yes. Like that is, it's obviously like an absolute borderlands thing to do, but in such an irreverent way that Telltale's been approaching this franchise, like, yeah, we're going to give you a bunch of money. Make sure you save it. You're going to have important things later. And what can you spend on awesome paint jobs and tax? Yes. Like, yeah, great. This is exactly what I want. Well, I got the, the black arm with the blue LEDs for Reese. Mm-hmm. Just because it's awesome. <laughs> and I was tired of looking at his other arm. So <laughs> I figure it'll be better. Um, and then when you, you finally do give the, the upgrade to Gordis, <laughs> massive legs on him. <laughs> Dude, nice gams. <laughs> yes, I was. I, I, I almost had to stop <laughs> what was happening because I was laughing so hard at nice gams. <laughs> and especially <laughs> Gordis's reply is just such a heartfelt like that's such a nice thing to say to me (laughs) you also get to decide how much control you want to give handsome jack over you as well and i basically told him to get lost yeah no fucking way buddy (laughs) but i'd like to see what happens if you do give him more control was that it, would be I told interesting. him to fuck off, but then at the end, I was like, reached an e- uneasy truce with him. So I don't know. Oh, I, I just told him to get lost. And then there was also a lot more decisions in terms of romanceable options between mm-hmm. Reese and Sasha. Like basically the, the not letting her drop and the that giving the flower was, thing. And that was, that was some straight Monty Python shit yeah, to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys have been working towards him nailing Sasha at all or if you're just still being a jerk I hadn't until this episode and I was like okay uh, I think maybe she doesn't want to kill me yet so we'll see where this goes yeah yeah I don't know what to make of it because it wasn't what I expected like even like throughout the other ones I was like is he what is he doing is he like is he just like one of those little kids that just can't figure out what the hell he wants in life well see the way that I took it was that it was written in that way in order to give us very believable choices that are fairly different from each other. So he can go in and just be a complete jerk, which is how he starts off the game kind of thing. So he can just be a jerk. And and I'm curious what the gameplay would be and the options moving forward doing that because he'd be burning a lot of bridges, but it might make for some really interesting scenes. I'm still having a hard time with how I'm, making Reese's choices like because you're being good (laughs) I can see how you'd have a problem with that (laughs) on one hand I'm occasionally being nice but then on the other hand I was like no I want to fucking take over Hyperion I deserve that office god damn it (laughs) there's an opening now the angel of death is having a hard time making good choices I was gonna say like is it because you can't find how to murder somebody somebody loves I just want everything I want to be the millionaire you know executive of Hyperion and I want to get the girl. Is that too much to ask for? Apparently in this game, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So I think we agree. Best thing about this episode, 
quite likely the best thing without even having playing for played four or five in the entire series is gorgeous. And well, I'm one really looking I, forward to seeing more. <laughs> that I really enjoyed about this episode was, like you said, Athena got some great development, but I really loved her scenes with Fiona where she's yes, trying to yes. like, toughen her up. And it's it's so cool. Like it was the best moment of the episode for me, honestly, because throughout the whole time, she's like, you need to be tougher. You need to be a vault hunter. All my replies were, I'm not a vault hunter. You know, I, I talk my way. I don't want to get into gunfights and this and that. And then when Mordecai shows up and tells Fiona to get out of the way, this is vault hunter business. I pressed that button so quick to stand <laughs> up to Mordecai and say, I am a vault hunter. I was like, yep. that was like my shining moment in that episode. I loved Fiona's development. Actually, I was along the same lines as you saying, no, I'm not a vault hunter kind of thing and whatnot. Until she grabs Gordis's upgrade and like has that moment of like, loot, I got loot. <laughs> And then I thought, yeah, I'll choose the option because it fits. Because that's when she says, well, maybe this Vault Hunter, if this is what it is all the time, then yeah, I'll do it. And it, and it just felt great. Again, because also, we love loot. We can relate. I also really liked the, the thing where uh, Athena upgraded her gun and whatnot. Yeah. Because suddenly you have those telltale decisions, but it's Borderlands, so you're making decisions with a gun. That's... Yeah. That's exactly what we need more of in this series to to make it have that Borderlands feel while still being very much a telltale presentation. I will actually make, argue. How do you make choices by shooting yeah. shit? That's that's the but, perfect combination of the two mm-hmm. franchises. That's what they've been doing. I will argue that they've been doing a Borderlands telltale game since yes, the beginning. And but, but now it's getting I, more Borderlandsy. You know, from the first two episodes, I stuck. I again, I, I'm not going to say I love it as much as Joe compared to the other two, but Christ, they've done no wrong. I've enjoyed all of it, and it has mm-hmm. had that Borderlands feel throughout. Just yeah, I'm not, I'm not it hasn't nuts. felt like Borderlands, but now we're finally getting like a gameplay element yeah. that's tying in with. The, yeah, okay, the I'll give you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, I would like to see a lot more with the shield. Although the passing the shield over. As you're getting shot at, that was freaking awesome. That was like, don't miss the button. (laughs) But yeah, it was awesome. Okay, let's move on now to Batman. Now, Batman did just come out. So we're going to be more careful with spoilers here. But there will be some. Be very careful with your spoilers. I, I can honestly say I have not beaten the game yet. Yeah, well, you're playing on PC and I'm playing on PS4. And... While there are problems on the consoles as well, it's nothing compared they've already, to... They've already patched the PC. I didn't think they'd patched it all the way, though. They, I didn't think it was... Well, then, I mean, then again, the only, the only issue I had was that weird Scanner Darkly thing with, like, the Gotham cops. Everything yes. else you got mine. very lucky. Yeah, you were very lucky, because there was people... Kind, kind of like how I had no issues logging into Final Fantasy. You but had Rod, no issues yeah. with Batman. No, this is above yeah, and beyond that. Yeah. This is like, I mean, when you're talking... About the thousands of negative reviews on Steam. Enough that, that they pulled the PC. Like, the, what was it, 4,500, I think I read initially? Yeah. And I'm sure it's been more negative reviews that they it, it disappeared 
from Steam's releases. And then afterwards, they, they yeah, they pulled it and just because they, they need to work on it. So it's not even freaking available for sale for PCs right now. Oh, I mean, you can probably find it somewhere, but for the most part, it's been pulled everywhere. And, and rightly so. It's one of those, once again, if the game is not ready, it shouldn't be released. We understand that there are politics at play, be it because of the publisher that's pushing you that you have to get it out on a certain date, which developers should be pushed. But when it's this bad, and obviously they didn't have the manpower to do it, mm-hmm. or the people power, I should say, sorry, to get it done in-house, that they had to get another developer, yeah. Iron Galaxy, to Iron do Galaxy, the PS. The great PC studio. Doesn't know shit about PC. This is, they butchered it. Like, butchered. So it obviously still has a lot of problems. So that's the other reason why I don't want to spoil too much. Because while, yeah, it's been out for a week, not for PC owners. So I don't want to spoil too much when they go in. So... Again, though, they, if you're if you're on the fence or you you're worried we might spoil something, just skip ahead because I can't promise you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Right, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> so, how far should I fast forward? <laughs> I'll call you back when we're done talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you're again, if you're on PC, you might be able to get it to work. There are some mods that are being put out by people, not these guys, to help make it playable as well. And I know that mm-hmm. some people have gotten out to work. There's also some, uh, for the PC as well, there's um, some minor hacks that you can do, editing some command lines, because for whatever reason, the biggest problem that a lot of people had was that the FPS was capped at 30, Yeah, which really fucked with a lot of the current generation video cards, Um, but I did... I did actually post it a few times where there are little couple lines you can just edit and save that are absolutely perfect, and you can do things like skip the five-minute-long fucking intro titles card slot things. Okay, let's... Talk about the the game a little bit. First and foremost, fucking gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. From beginning to once you're in, gorgeous. There, the, the intro to this game was spectacular. Like with the, the music score and everything that you're seeing initially kind of thing. I thought it was freaking awesome as shit. And oh, then absolutely. once you're in the game, and actually moving around. There are moments, and again, I'm playing on my PS4, so it would actually look better on a PC that's actually got the settings jacked way up, but it still looks great. I'm playing it on the on the, on the plasma, so it's a 50-inch plasma. And I would actually love to see it even bigger because even at this, I'm looking at it, and it's breathtaking. When you are in the skies and you're flying over Gotham as magnificently large and and not imposing but breathtaking as Arkham City was because it's just like you're flying around and it's like oh my god this place is huge oh my god it was oppressively large it was it was big Gotham is like friggin' huge and it's one of those where as you're flying around Again, you got to love where we're at with technology-wise because in the past, it would have been just a, you know, clever trick that you can't really zone in and go and see 
each of these streets and alleys and everything. It's just, it looks like that from above kind of deal. Whereas now, like, I mean, you can dive bomb down any of these alleys, hit up any of the buildings, go in. As I'm flying around, when I started it, I don't know about you, but when I started it, and this is not spoiling anything because it's right from the get-go kind of thing. There's a, there's a, the, the Arkham is basically emptying out because Scarecrow mm-hmm. has said basically going to bomb, carpet bomb the entire city. So they evacuated Gotham. I shouldn't have said Arkham. Sorry, I meant Gotham. So they evacuated Gotham. But, of course, there's still some police, there's still some firefighters, there's, you know, essential services are still there trying to keep the peace. And then, of course, you have gangsters, common criminals, the supervillains, everybody is going to stick around and just try to take over Gotham. And, of course, Commissioner Gordon and, <laughs> and Bruce, because they stay. And um, and so you, you go out and there's firefighters that need saving. A traditional kind of first starter quests that aren't too complicated and just to get you the ball rolling essentially and then there's also a quest for um there's a mutilated body that's on display somewhere i actually went for the 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 fireman first just because it happened to be closer but then i wasted so much time because the clues and tips for where your objectives are is not nearly as in your face as it was for the other two games i actually like that though I, I kind of do, but then after you spent so much time looking for those goddamn firefighters and not finding them, then I was like, okay, I, I, I stand corrected. I want that little green dot <laughs> up top showing me if I'm going in the right direction because I still haven't found them all. So I, I did a little bit of that, and it, it did help me to kind of wander around the city a little bit more. And then I started working on the, the mutilated body, which introduces a few new kind of gimmicks and whatnot, and, and it moves the story forward in terms of what's going on on the street and, and, and investigating in the style of Batman kind of thing. But then I started kind of wandering a little bit too, because I was just, I was looking for trouble and trying to keep things going. And I spotted a building. And again, I wasn't, there was nothing leading me here. I just spotted a building, go on top and see that, Oh, I can drop down into the building. I dropped down into the building and it's this, it made me think very much and Vince will know what I'm talking about because we, we've talked about Batman comics at length um, since Snyder took over. And it made me think of Talon's hideout. Mm. So you've got this like perched kind of a high building. You go in through the top and there's like the look of it felt very much like that, like old school kind of room. It looks like it'd be a hidden attic in that building kind of thing that you know, construction, not construction, but the, the, the janitor had this room set up that he stayed in kind of thing or whatever kind of thing. And then you, there's a button you can press and you press the button and all of a sudden there's freaking drop panels from the ceiling. There's all kinds of electronics everywhere. And you find out it's freaking Barb's hideout, her Oracle hideout. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nothing told me to go there. I just happened to plop on this building and then go inside and then boom, started the quest and she's leading me all over the damn place to figure out what's going on with the jo- or the, uh, the t- fear yeah. toxin and whatnot. Yeah. But it was like out of nowhere and it was such a spectacular moment because of this because I wasn't expecting it. I'm doing all my shit and I'm seeing this stuff and it's like, holy, and I'm literally doing the old 
walk around because it's so well detailed and like all these little things in this room that you go, this is fucking awesome. And then I press a button. It's like, what the hell is going on? And then freaking there's Barb and I go, Barb, what are you doing here? (laughs) It was just such a great moment. For me, it was the world's greatest detective there, Chief. Yeah, really? Yeah. (laughs) Cut me some slack. I love all the um, the throwbacks that are strewn out throughout this game. Like in the first two hours of this game, if you are a fan of the Batman franchise, you are going to see throwbacks to the animated series, uh, Batman Beyond, uh, Justice League, the '60s Batman, which is kind of the when you get to the Oracle Tower, you'll you'll it's pretty obvious, but it's still a really cool throwback. There are so many things hidden throughout the city and in this game that just throw back to the Batman franchise. Like, they went over the top with it. And if you could spend 100 hours probably just going through and finding everything. Oh, there's Easter eggs everywhere. There are, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. There's actually apparently really interesting Riddler Easter egg, too, that's kind of like a slam on, on Gamergate. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, yeah. I, I read that. Yeah. yeah. The um, So once again, going back to my initial point, Gotham is incredible. The 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 scope of what they've accomplished here... That in and of itself is so far above what we've come to expect an open world game to be. It's just, it makes Skyrim look like a, a tiny mini map. Well, it, it's, I think it's because it's cohesive, right? And I think that's one of the things that people take for granted. Like you can make something that's absolutely massive, but unless it's tied together in some way, it's just a big old fucking gray blob. Uh, Skyrim felt like that to me, which is why like, I didn't really get into Skyrim. It's like this huge world and everything was just kind of like, well, here it is. Here, this is a huge city, but everything is cohesive. It feels like oh, it feels it, like a city. It feels like a city in the throes of, of this decadence, right? Like even when you come across the random snippets from just flying around or running around uh, from the militia or from the villains, it's amazing what you pick up. And also when you're just driving around in the Batmobile, their reaction to you when they're coming out of the woodwork or running away, like everything feels alive. And that's a phenomenal feat. Yeah. Like I, I, I give them a lot of credit for it. Um that I will say is also one of my biggest gripes because it also pushes if I had have to criticize the game for one thing, it's going to be the reliance on the Batmobile. And within the first two hours, I've used it far more than I really want to because it's the quickest, easiest way to get around. It feels like it's almost not an option. Um, gliding and zipping is great in the mood. The locomotion in this game is fantastic, but I'm a little leery and in, in, I don't know how far you and I don't, I have you, how far are you right now, Roger? That's what actually I was I was going to ask you when we first started, so that we didn't spoil each other's play. You know, also, <laughs> I'm at the point, and the this is not advanced, but we don't want to spoil each other. Yeah, <laughs> um, this won't spoil really anything. But I'm at the point. Well, not just you, but everybody listening as well. I'm at the point where you start playing as Jim. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just before that point. Okay. So, so, but my my biggest problem is, and and Vince, you may want to put your fingers in your ears, and everybody else here for just a couple seconds, is that initial siege on the chemical plant, where you are just relying so heavily on the Batmobile for puzzle solving and moving in and out of it, it just feels really awkward to me. Like it doesn't feel like Batman. I I will go you one further. Um. Because I wanted to bring up the Batmobile slash tank as well, 
because as I've made abundantly clear over the years, I like racing games. I Mm -hmm. really love racing games a lot. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm good at them. Because, again, I'm not full of myself like that. But I can race. I've been doing this since I was a freaking kid. So I've got a, I got some chops, at least, you know. And I also have um, an appreciation of a racing game when it's done well. And the controls work and things like that. And controlling this Batmobile is, I don't want to say horrible, but, man, it could have been done a lot better. It feels like you're driving a goddamn tank. So driving the tank is actually phenomenal. Driving the tank is great. It's slower, but you expect it to be slower because it's a goddamn tank. But the, but even, control, but the control is ridiculous. The The amount of control is also not believable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a tank that's being propelled up through jets kind of thing. So belief is, you know, make of it what you will. That said... That tank can stop on a dime. And I'm talking about like a lot of the times when I'm making jumps in the Batmobile, as soon as I'm landing, I'm shifting to tank and braking. And it Mm -hmm. it literally will stop right at the point that you land. So like there's little things like that where there's the control is is not believable, really takes me out. But again, other than that tank, tank is freaking awesome. The Batmobile handles like crap for the most part. Like, I mean, it's not... It's not the worst that I've handled, but it's no man, it is, it's bad. It does not handle well. And like you're saying, you're using the car to get around to most places. Fuck, I'm using the car when I need to. That's well, no, it. that's what I mean. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, I fear, I felt like they pushed the reliance on and it. And they did. But they fuck did. that. I will take so much longer getting there by gliding. And, and gliding I will too. Buildings. Yep. So will I. That's what I've been doing. But the, I, the, and I, and I agree the, the reliance on the car for the, the that first, I don't want to say half, because I don't know how far into the game I am, is way too strong. Way, way, way too much. The And not just that, but it's just point blank, not believable at points. And I mean, not believable for a Batman, Batman a game. Tank. Well, not just that, but when you start grappling the freaking car onto buildings and things like that, that's when I'm like, okay, whoa. Like, I mean, it was bad enough when I just saw that in Fast and the Furious. Like, you're not going to sell me on that in this here. And there were way too many times when the game forces you to use the Batmobile to complete an objective. And I'm thinking I should have been able to do that. No problem at all. Like you you feel like you're taking the Batmobile when you're going into Ace Chemicals. You feel like, again, like you're taking a car through a building, the different floors and stuff. And it's like, it just did not feel a realistic. And, and when I say realistic, I mean realistic for a Batman game. It was just so over the top for me. Well, and that the fact that, like, there are certain things where, like, I'm in a fucking tank and I can't punch down a steel door. Yeah. Like, some of that some of that was really out there. It's like, it, it felt, dis- again, disjointed is the best word. So I'm going to sum up the game really quickly here just because I want to I wanna just kind of give my overall thoughts before go, because I'm so tempted to spoil things and I really don't want to. The opening of this game, I think, is probably one of the strongest openings that a Batman game has ever had. Probably one of the strongest openings that any game has had because it gives you the most satisfying moment when you push that button to ignite some fires. 
I will give them a lot of credit for that. The writing is very, very strong. The character voices, as always, are really, oh, really strong. You feel fucking powerful as the Batman. The addition of the new mechanic of the fear takedown is phenomenal. Um, I think that's really, really great because one of the biggest gripes I've had, especially with previous titles, is that the larger the group is, the harder it is to get initial takedowns to weed out that group, which makes combat take longer than it really should. They fix that by giving you multiple multiple target fear takedowns that you can then upgrade to take out more targets. I absolutely love that they did that because now I don't really I don't care so much about 15 person packs anymore. I can go in there and I know I can take three off off the bat, duck away, throw a bomb, get out, take another three out at a time. Like I can go through that cycle. They've made combat feel a lot more streamlined and I really appreciate that. And the Batmobile, like we said, I could have done with a whole lot less more Batmobile and a whole lot more. Let me feel like the fucking Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So the, just to quickly go back to what you were saying about the voice acting, voice acting in this is unbelievable. Like come to expect that from these Batman games. Certainly. This is beyond that, I think. But yeah, the voice acting is so good. And of course, John Noble as Scarecrow is, oh my God, I'm going to put him on par with Kevin Conroy's Batman. Uh, On par, well, maybe not on par with Joker. (laughs) Well, let's, let's, I don't think anything's on par with Joker. If you say that, Kevin Conroy will come to your house and punch you. Yeah, he's getting old. I think I could take him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, not on par with Mark Hamill's Joker. But I mean, it's fucking amazing. But Dude, uh, I'm a Nolan John North Noble. did amazing. Uh, oh, Troy yeah. Baker is amazing. Yep. Greg Griffin is amazing. Ashley Green does a phenomenal Barbara Gordon. Uh, Jonathan Banks does a great job as James Gordon. Um, you know what? I'm going to give a lot of credit to Matthew Mercer, too. Um, his Tim Drake is probably the best I've heard among everything. Mm. Just because his interactions with Kevin Conroy, you can tell damn well sure that they spent a lot of time together recording. Yeah, yeah voice acting with this is spectacular. So, and it's, it just keeps getting better. The, 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 the more in-depth that you get, the, uh, the, the, the better. Hey, who's the, what's the name of the guy again that did uh, Gordon this time around? I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy that, that's Jonathan Banks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the only one that took some getting used to. Not because it's not the right voice for it, because it is. I mean, he's he's got the perfect voice for the character, but it's quite different than the other Gordons we've mm-hmm. had in the past. And I kind of gotten used to some of those. That being said, he does a great job at it. And you get quite a bit of him also, actually, throughout the story, at least so far. Yeah, and I absolutely love... I, I think he was a great choice, especially with that older, grizzled yeah. Commissioner Gordon that's like, I have been through how many years of hell and like crammed into like a year of game time? Fuck this, I'm done. And he... You can just see he he does that really annoyed resignation really, really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, so, can we get a, a DLC with Commissioner Gordon in the bat armor now? I would, okay for I, I would be okay with this. For folks who don't follow the comic books, what's going on in the the actual comics right now, the actual Batman comic book right now, is that um, Bruce Wayne is feared to be dead and has been gone for for quite a while. And they decided that, you know, Gotham needs a Batman. So the police force has created this mechanical bat suit kind of thing. Batman. Pick 
picture, I, I, I've said it in a comic book and form podcast, I'll say it again, picture chappy kind of thing, except that you could put a man in it or a woman. And, uh, and it looks very much like that. But they decided to put uh, Commissioner Gordon into this Batman outfit. So the Batman in the Batman comic right now is actually Jim Gordon, So which is awesome. So I agree with you. That would freaking kick ass. They won't I, do it, but man, I would pay good did, money for that. If they did, I would pay fifty dollars for that DLC. That'd no be joke. Awesome. So, <laughs> and he won't need a fucking Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so again, there's only so much we can tell you right now. No, sorry, there's a lot we can tell you. There's only so much we, <laughs> we want to talk so that we don't screw this up. And the, for the most part, for me at least, it is very much just because I want to. Um, respect that the PC owners have not for the most part been able to play this. If you had, I'd be spoiling a lot more, but folks haven't had the chance to play it. So that's, we'll, we'll wait, but we will definitely be talking more about this game because whenever I'm not playing the game, I want to be playing the game. So that sense of immersion is crazy. What it also made me think I broken record here, but this on Morpheus. I mean, there's a lot of games that they will be trying to set up for Morpheus or alternatively with the, um, the rift with any Xbox one games, because they've said they're going to be making all Xbox games. One games work on the rift on the, the Oculus rift, man, this, when you're flying around Gotham on a VR system, I'd need a change of pants. I just, (laughs) The, uh, oh my god! I'll just I'll take working gameplay. You all can have the VR. Yeah, really. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the one sitting. Can, can, you, can you imagine that wonderful PC version in in VR? <laughs> I'll be sitting on my couch, freaking joystick in my hands, and big old freaking goggles on my head, going, "I'm Batman." To- also, I'm, totally I'm not. not to- a- I'm not going anywhere near I that statement. Will be Batman. Totally not a spoiler, but this is my new favorite mini game inside the game. Park the Batmobile in really weird, awkward spots and call it to you yeah. and watch what happens. It is fucking hilarious. It's freaking epic in some spots. That some jump spots that he is. makes, yeah. Like you are the in this game, Batman, pff, gravity. He bought that shit off. <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't apply to a billionaire. Screw that. He falls down from 20-story buildings. No no kind of cape floof to slow him down, although he does do that sometimes, but just crunch. And and Batman is just straight-up freaking murder in this game. I, I don't know this, this bullshit about no guns. Apparently, that doesn't apply to 60-caliber cannons on the Batmobile. It's a but cannon. those are... Those are unmanned drones that he fires at. Otherwise, he has anti-personnel rounds, otherwise known as rubber bullets that he fires at everybody else. That shit is 60 caliber bullets that is (laughs) busting up those tanks into explosions. (laughs) There's people in those. No, there's there's not. The tanks are unmanned. No, the tanks have people in them. I thought. No, they don't. I, uh, I thought that I know Otherwise, the chopper. Otherwise, wouldn't blow them up. They are unmanned. It is the yeah. very first thing that they tell you. That's not a spoiler, folks. It's one of the very first things they they tell you in the game. Well, they, one of the first things they tell you in the game is that Batman's going to die in this game. So come on. Um, but yeah, there's like I'm running people over. This is like GTA, <laughs> like GTA three. I'm running people over, crashing into cars. That first car chase to try to stop the other car. As you're going along when they're training you 
it took me longer than it should have. I'm embarrassed to say to figure out the controls and what's firing where mm-hmm. and things like that. And just to get a feel for how the Batmobile handles and things like that. Like, I mean, again, I'm going from freaking, you know, Gran Turismo and Forza and stuff where you can do like handbrake turns and gliding drifting all over the damn place. And I try to do this, that with this, and it just does not handle well enough to do that. And I don't know if maybe the PC version handles better at all. So here's one of the cool things. And I, and I will say this about Warner brothers games uh, on the PC, they flow really well between controller and uh, mouse and keyboard without any sort of twitch. So like for the Batmobile, I actually found it easier to use the keyboard and mouse to drive it in those modes than actually using the controller. So when I get to those moments, I'll actually toss the controller down, click a button on my keyboard, and all of a sudden, bam, I'm doing it that way. Which and is it the works perfectly. opposite of how we've ever played any game that has driving on yeah, PC before. I know. That's weird. Well, it's because it's because of the targeting with the tank. Yeah, that makes all the difference in the world. Having that mouse control, that fine mouse control, makes all the difference in the world. Okay. Well, anyways, like I said, we will be talking about it more. It has gotten, it, not for the PC one that has gotten tons of bad reviews, but man, the console versions, and even the PC ones for people who've gotten to play it, has gotten crazy reviews, crazy positive reviews to the point of we're seeing tens and everything, and and so far I, I I'm not at the point where I'd say yeah this is definitely a ten because I'm already seeing a few things that I would change like we said the reliance on the Batmobile for the first little bit here that we've seen I'll give it a tentative eight point five because but of the fucking Batmobile it's been awesome so far it's been awesome and 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 I say that there's reliance to the Batmobile but that's not me saying that I'm not having fun doing the Batmobile stuff would I have more fun doing it the old style detective way possibly probably but it's not to say that i'm not having fun with the batmobile either like i mean it's still freaking awesome in that ace chemicals area when you're going through all the tanks and the chopper and everything it took me a couple of tries to to get everything but stupid fucking chopper it's a (laughs) a lot of fun it's a lot of friggin' fun so okay let's move away from batman and we're going to close up tonight with some final fantasy 14 heaven's wards chatter um joe is actually not been playing it at all, so you can leave. Well, I've had Batman, <laughs> but uh, I've actually You've been had playing Batman for six months. <laughs> I've I've been playing it more, and uh, and I finally have you got have my yet? guys. What's that? Do you have your bird? Yet? No, I'm still working on my goddamn story thing to <laughs> unlock the mount. That pisses me off to no end. The fact that you have to go through, you're forced to go through all of the goddamn story for however many levels or whatever to unlock your mount. And not just, hey, grats, you're level 20. Here's your mount. No, you got to do a fucking story. I'm level 23 or 24, and I still don't have my mount. It's pissing me off. But on the plus side, I created my Sir Reginald. (laughs) So if you are on Fairy server and you see Sir Reginald, that's me. Say hi. We'll quest together. Don't say hi. He will light you on fire. I will melt your face. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I made my Sir Reginald, so I'm very happy. But you have been playing the crap out of this, and you are what level now? 47, almost 48. Like, you're closing into Endgame being able to get into Heaven's Ward content. I'm pretty much on the precipice. Like, I played between Saturday and Sunday, I want to say, maybe close to 12 hours. <laughs> you, you could say an unhealthy number of hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the only reason I didn't play more is that I've been getting sucked back into Diablo 3 again. <laughs> By a but certain someone. I, 
Like one of the cool things was they announced a couple weeks before Heaven's Word launched that they were going to be buffing the uh, experience from main scenario quests and making it easier for people who haven't unlocked the Heaven's Word content yet to actually get there. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stop doing all my main character stuff. So I spent a couple weeks, you know, goofing around, working on crafting, playing a lot of triple triad, <laughs> just having fun, going around collecting cards. Like I was enjoying all the other stuff the game had to offer. And I, I do have to give it credit. There is a lot of other stuff aside from just leveling. Like there's a tremendous amount of content in the game. But as soon as Heaven's Word launches, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this going in. And... I got up to the Garuda fight, which is one of the uh, the trials, which is just basically it's a mandatory group content, but it's just a single boss fight. And the first two were Ifrit. Ifrit was cake. Titan was easy, uh, at least for me it was. Get to Garuda, and I fought her ten times with three different parties. And it's it's a very mechanically focused fight, and if the group isn't operating properly you're you're screwed and i was i was not in a good place <laughs> last <laughs> week <laughs> but then when i got on uh saturday i was like all right let's do this queued up for gruda got a good group knocked her out first try and really started getting engrossed in the story like the lead up to gruda like everything i want to say from the Titan fight on. So around level 30 to 33 on has been fantastic story-wise because, you know, all the, okay, getting to the world, establishing the characters, all the bullshit was over with. Now it's just, okay, let's go fucking save the planet. And all those plot developments that happen along the way, like there was, I think a good 20, 30 minutes on Saturday where I did nothing but just watch cutscenes in the game because it's a Final Fantasy game. You have these gloriously long cutscenes, but I mean, there was a prison break, there was betrayal, there was loss, there was it, it was so many ups and downs that I was like, okay. And everything I've heard from people who have progressed through the content is that up to the end of the original 2.0 content, it's like, okay, the story's good. All the stuff from 2.1 to 2.55 is just amazing. And now everybody who's actually in Ishgard is saying all the stuff from 2.55 wasn't shit compared to the story that's going on in Ishgard. Really? So I am hyped beyond belief to see how this is going to keep getting better. Because right now it's good, but knowing that it's going to be great is really motivating me to get there. And the experience boosts they've thrown in to the main scenario quests have helped out a lot. Because once you get around level 40... You kind of run out of things to do. There's you know some grinding involved, but you know you have options. You can run dungeons. You can do fates. You can do guild leaves. You can work on your challenge log. There's a lot of ways you can earn that XP. Like I got from 46 almost to 48 in a couple of hours. Wow! Just by doing the quote grinding stuff. So it, it's not that uh, tough to get through, especially if you have rested XP. Wow. Okay. But uh, like some of the cool stuff that I'm, I'm seeing coming up is one of the, remember one of my big concerns going into Evansward before they had made the announcements was how hard is it going to be for someone like me to unlock Ishgard? And that's because, you know, knowing that a lot of the instances and later story content was locked by uh, gear level, like you couldn't even join the groups unless you had a certain uh, item level in your gear. But they found a way around that and said, okay, yeah, no, once 3.0 launches, we're going to give you most of the gear you need 
as you progress through the story quests. Like they they added in a lot of the gear you need to get there. So hopefully there's not going to be a lot of gearing up required. But it's one of the smart things they've done is high-level characters have incentive to come back and run that low-level content. Not just as far as, oh, you need help, let me help you out. But there's a, a system called the roulette where you know, every day you can join a couple of roulettes that will specifically take a high-level character into low-level content. And of course, they'll be uh, level-synced down. And if they help the new low-level characters clear that content, they get huge XP bonuses and a lot of tokens they can trade in for high-level gear. So they've done a good job of incentivizing yeah, no kidding. High high level characters to run that low level stuff because otherwise, since the instances are required to progress, there would be a lot of people stuck. And they also did a, a new mode now where you can run the instances without the level cap. So, for example, that's why I was trying to tell you before you logged off the other day. If you and Tristan want to run some of those low level instances, I can just run you through them in minutes on my you know high level warrior. But like you know, there's a trade off. Like you don't get XP from kills or you don't get loot from uh, kills, but you still get the XP for completing the dungeon and you get the treasure chests after the bosses. So it's it's a trade-off. Like if you want to run through it real quick, you can do that. So nice options. <laughs> My bags are just full of like crafting the food, crafting items. <laughs> I haven't sold anything in this game. I've got bags full of crafting bat wings and spores and orange peels, whatever the fuck fell on the ground. But yeah, I've got a crap load that I haven't even sold yet. So That's what your retainers are for, have. man. I, I, That's I don't 300 know. extra inventory slots. I was, I was actually going to... was What? You can have two retainers. I think each one has 150 slots in their inventory. Okay, we'll talk about this in-game. Because I don't know how value you're talking about. <laughs> Is this yet another obvious part of the game you've missed? Probably, yeah. There's a number of those. <laughs> I'm happy doing my little thing, all right? And it's keeping me out of trouble, and everybody's happy with that. So, well, One of the things beyond the story, beyond the gameplay and all that, that's really getting me into the game more now is all of the bonus stuff, like the audio and visual stuff. Like There have been days, was it Sunday, yesterday, I was just going to log in, you know, play my, uh, you know, uh, triple triad and this and that and you know it's like uh, maybe about an hour or so and then i'll call it a night but you log in and the music on the main menu <laughs> is just so damn good you're like no i want to get into this fucking game let's go let's go kill some goddamn dragons <laughs> but next time you're in the game uh during a night cycle just look up and look at the sky in the game because one of the big graphical improvements they did going in uh, into 3.0 in Heaven's Word is the skies were already really nice looking, but now that the Astrologian is one of the playable classes and the actual constellations in the game are now important lore-wise, like if you do the story for the Astrologian, it explains all the various constellations and, and all the things that, you know, the the gods and the, it, it's really damn good. <laughs> so they actually did that in the game. You look up, that's not just like you know, a, a JPEG that they pasted into the sky. They designed a night sky for the game that has cycles. The constellations move awesome. as if they're actually there. Like, and the screenshots I've seen from Ishgard and these gorgeous vistas and this wonderful landscapes that this is one of the most, no, I'm not even gonna say one of those. This is the most beautiful MMO I've ever seen in my life. And they really tied that in with the new flying mechanic 
that in the Ishgard zones, you can fly. And it's not, okay, you know, wait until you get to a certain level or it's not uh, gated behind, you know, a, a gill sink. It's quite simply, in order to fly in a zone, you have to unlock the Aether Currents. And you unlock the Aether Currents quite simply just by exploring the zones. Do your quests, do your side quests, you know, go find the Currents. And once you've experienced all the beauty <laughs> that the zone has to offer, then you can fly there. So that's, that's always been the big trade-off with flying is the designers spend so much time designing these wonderful zones that they don't want people just to go, fuck you, I'm going to fly through it. So in some ways, forcing the players, and I'm not going to say in some ways, basically forcing the players forcing. to experience what the zone has to offer. But while they're doing it, you're giving them this wonderful experience of the landscape and the architecture at the same time. For a player like me, that's exactly what I want. I... I okay. I I don't disagree with kind of forcing the players to go around the zone before you give them the mount, because then I see that more as a, a reward than holding something back. So that, that that's mm-hmm. fine. But there and, are and it's per zone too. It's like okay, you've done everything in this area. Oh, really? Now you can fly here. Once you move on to the next one, you unlock it right. over there. So it's not like a giant blanket thing of you can't fly at all in the expansion until you've unlocked everything. It's it's a zone by zone uh, thing. I do find though that there's a lot of content that's gated behind the questing though mm-hmm. I, I mean that's part of that's 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 the game that's what they're they're doing yeah. right from the get-go but at times that does kind of tick me off it, it's one of those things though that once you know then you level your next characters differently case in yes. point sir reginald being leveled way different than my healer was you, and is. You mean you're not doing all the starter quests in all three towns this yeah, time? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, your quest had better be on fire for me to do it. <laughs> the only way I'm doing anything else is if I need to level in order to get the next fire quest. All yeah. I care about is those world quests because, again, I'm 23, 24 and, and I still really don't have my do own. that now with the experience boost. Well, yes and no. I'm still finding that I have to do, at least at the lower levels, I'm still yeah. having to do side quests in order to level up so but again it's just playing it and, and that'll continue later on in the game but now it's less painful like there there were some points where like i did a quest and i was like okay i need to get to the next level to do the next quest so i would grind out that level you know through any of the several systems available like okay cool i can finally do this quest like all right here's your quest go do that all right you need to be another level i'm like you motherfuckers yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah it it is a, a thing but especially since 3.0, it's a lot better than it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else? I'm just really excited. I, You know me. When was the last time I was this excited over an MMO it's for an extended time. period of time? Yeah, but let's be honest here. How long do you think, and I mean, it's a personal question, but you know, we're, we're just kidding around here. How long do you think you would have stayed in this game were not for the fact that it's now also become the meeting place for you and your girl. I would say I would still be just as interested. Really? Because remember, I, I was getting really hyped for this game before then. Yeah, he, but... He was, in, he was way into this before. Like, yeah, you were, but uh, we on. also know your track record with MMOs. So mm-hmm. to me, as much as but you're I'm liking it, I'm still... On, on a gameplay and story level, this game has grabbed me in a way that Wildstar, Elder Scrolls, Swodor 
the last four Warcraft expansions in a way that no online game has grabbed me in a long time. Warlords of Draenor doesn't count. <laughs> well, I didn't even play that one. So. Yeah, that, 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 that doesn't count. <laughs> Somebody was saying on Twitter today that they, they it's official Warlords is the worst. Our Cataclysm was better than Warlords. And I, I replied back saying the Blood Plague was better than Warlords of <laughs> <Yeah>. Draenor. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Yes, I am still very much enjoying Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't get in as often as I'd and like it, to, but so, I still it's am. It's so hard for me, like because you've been experiencing so many frustrations with this game between no, you're not and creating your character, you know, being stuck in some of these quests. And I was like, I feel so bad for you because I know you're going to finally reach a point where you have your revelation and the game opens up and <laughs> I'm just hoping you can stick with it long enough to reach. That oh, spot. I will. I will. The, the, I, I still do actually. <laughs> there was a point where it. I was like, man, I'm really glad he paid for three months up front. Yeah, really. Bonuses <laughs> at once. Well, I think if he had done it month to month, he might not have made it. <laughs> I, um, I will put up with a lot of crap for a game that I, especially if I'm playing it with my kids. And I'm playing this one with Tristan. So, well, without him, but also with him. So it's just one of those where I will play even a game that I don't like if it's a game that my kid wants to play and we play together. So that's what this is right now. But I also do enjoy it. And while I prefer Wildstar's Combat, eh, this is still, you know, it's old school, yeah, typical this, MMO. The, the so that's here just is nothing this, special, but whatever. It, works. it, it, it works. And, and yeah. I do enjoy the story when it's good and gripping, it's just sadly, I'm still not seeing enough of that yet. I'm hoping say, that you, it's going to come. You, you have to get around the level 30-ish content before it really starts to grab hold. Like, you'll know it when you get there. The See, banquet is a fucking disaster. I'm like, this is a game <laughs> the, that the I'm looking forward to you have to put on to unlock the Titan fight is not very well executed at all. But once that banquet is over and you go to fight Titan... From there on, the storyline of the game is has been really good. Cool. Sorry, I Joe? Say, I was just going to say, like, it, this is one of those things where, like, even from the limited time that I played, had I not had other obligations, I would still be playing it. And I'm about to start it back up, actually. Like, I'm about to buy Heaven's Word and get my subscription renewed because I was really having fun in yeah. the game. Yeah. Like, even the pre-30 content, like... A lot of it was fun. It was different. It was new. And everything I'm hearing about Heaven's War just makes me th- want to play more and see dragon people and see weird green guys and leopard speedos, apparently, because that's a thing. <laughs> pink but, leopard speedos. Pink leopard speedos. But like, like the game itself is just it's it is a very well done game. I'm really happy with how it's how they've turned everything around. And I can't wait to dive back into it, which should be this weekend, actually. Awesome. Good, good. Be looking for you. So for anybody who is interested in playing with us as well, like I said, we are on the fairy realm. I don't know which. That's the fairy node it's called or what's it called? Uh, I forget uh, which uh, data. It's a node. I don't know what the world or the, yeah. the data center is called. That we're on. Just look for fairy anyways. And then um, just let it's us know. It's usually pretty easy to get into, too. Just let us know on Twitter, and uh, and yeah, we can play. Unless together. you're Roger, so we are. Uh, a, I'm actually in Vince's guild. Well, Vince and his girl, free company. So I, uh, yeah, for, I wasn't going to correct him. So. I wasn't going to be that I, guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> anyway, it is a tiny little free company. I don't know if we're it's, ever going to be it, able to afford a house kind of floating thing. So Alicia. Get your shit in gear there. We need a floating Listen, I, guild. I dropped 50,000 gil on the bank, and I've got 
deep pockets right now. So we'll, I, got, we'll I, got, I got no monies. <laughs> Probably because I'm not selling my orange peels and <laughs> shit that I get from it's, drops. It's on the Aether data center. Thank you, Allie. So there you go. All right. I have, to learn how to, I have to learn how to auction house in that game, damn it. Make sure to pop by. Let us know what you think of the game as well. And like I said, if you are playing and if you want to just muck around with us, yeah. Who's, I'm not on quite as often, but Vince is on pretty much all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> With the exception of Tristan, everybody in the guild is either a tank or a healer. So... You're good. <laughs> yeah, so Reginald is going to be DPS, but I do have my healer there. And now that I have the macros set up for healing too, not all of the macros, but the macros that I need for my level and class and whatnot, it's uh, it, it's actually better healing than, um, I don't want to say WoW per se, because healing in WoW, you have to do it with the add-ons kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you get used to those. So this is essentially the same kind of thing because you're using keybinds to accomplish this and mouse overs to accomplish the same things as you would like with a heel bot or something like that kind of thing. So it, it works is what I'm getting at. And, and since, I, since they don't allow add-ons, they had to have a pretty deep robust, system. Yeah. And I think they've hit a good balance there. They did. And I like it as a hybrid DPS uh, class as well, which is why. Which one did you do? Scholar or white mage? Right now I'm still just Arcanist. Oh, that's right. You haven't gotten. To so I'm, I'm just kind of. So, but you, you're going to be scholar. Uh, I, you know what? I still haven't decided 100%. I will probably okay. go scholar, but okay. I haven't uh, decided 100% if I'm going to win. So all of the healers in the guild are scholars. <laughs> so, well, I, I want to try the cards one, even though I'm not big yeah. astrology kind of guy. I, I really when I, to... uh, what was it before I, before I fought Garuda. So this would be last weekend, that last two weeks when the early access, <laughs> I had gotten to a dungeon. So I was like, okay, you know, I queued up and it popped immediately because I'm a tank. And I was in there with an astrologian and two machinists. <laughs> so everything died really quickly. No kidding. And the 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 healing was on point. Like, and it was good because I actually fucked up a couple of pulls. Like, you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to ads or I was in the wrong position. And it's obvious because when you have somebody that joins a dungeon for the first time, it announces it to the party saying, hey, somebody here is new. And when three of the players are the new advanced classes, it's pretty obvious that the fourth one is the new guy. But, you know, I told him, like, yeah, I've read up on the fights. Just, you know, point me in the right direction. And I said, we we had a couple wipes, but the community in that game has been very friendly overall. Like, not 100%, but more so than a lot of other online games. It has a very positive community that enjoys helping out new players. How is the DPS on the Astrologian class? Uh, it, they're almost completely healing focused. That's what I thought. Yeah. But, but they're healing with a lot of support abilities because they can increase DPS of other party oh, members through their cards right. or, you know, any number of other effects. But to my knowledge, a lot of their individual skills are very healing focused. Of course they have some DPS abilities, okay. but they see, they seem to be, oh, there we go. It's good. There you are. I, yeah, I, nope, I, DPS I'm looking, is good. I'm looking forward to, to trying them out, but again, it's going to take me a long bloody time because I need to level the class yeah. all the way, do all the, the story stuff. And, and, and it kind of makes sense why they've done that now that I've Bullshit. looked at the three classes. No, now that I've looked at the three classes, looked at the dark Knight, looked at the machinist, looked at the astrologian, not played any of them. The mechanics of those three classes are on another level from the, the, the pre-expansion jobs. Yeah, but they could so, they could teach you that 
with tutorials the same way that they teach you any sure. class from the, the get-go. I'm sorry, but I disagree. I think you buy Heavensward, you should be able to play the classes at least and then just make it so that there's, again, the tutorials explaining how to use each of the, class, the abilities. You gate the ability so that you only get one every couple of levels, whatever, same as the other ones, and then you learn to play your class. This, this bullshit. I didn't realize we'd have to wait until we're done all of this to play a machinist or whatever. So I actually was not impressed with that. I'm just saying. It doesn't bother me. It bothers me. Yeah, but you like your class. I want to freaking be a Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Have my cards <laughs> flying around me in a circle. That's too freaking... It's a lifelong yes, dream. Life dream. Yes, it is. Okay, we're going to wrap it up with that. Thank you to everybody who joined us live in the audience. We do appreciate it. And you can find the show notes, of course, at For the Lore. If you want to join us next week, you can do so on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And that is at ForTheLore.com slash live. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can find us on Twitter at For the Lore or individually, Joe at Loaders at J, Vince at Simodian, and myself at Zen Buddhist. You can leave us your thoughts on iTunes or Stitcher. And with that, we will see you guys next week. only got four topics i wonder how long we'll run hour and a fucking half nailed it <laughs> <laughs> i need to uh resub this water because they I give you a lot of shit for resubbing now dude you get a fucking companion if you resub by the 20 or 12th or 21st of july i can't remember you uh you get the gunslinger companion that's in that intro movie trailer really yes Dude with the cowboy hat and the duster jacket and the pistols, you get him as a companion. If you sub by a certain other date, you get his pistols that you can use or give to a companion. If you wait a little bit longer, you get his duster jacket. And then a little bit longer, there's an actual mount as well that you'll get. (laughs) So, like, to mount the gunslinger? The rewards (laughs) that you get. No. The rewards that you get from, like, july and through the months holy christ they're awesome they're like really really cool that's i i gotta have the dude as a companion i have to so i'm gonna have to resub and then there's wildstar i'm just you know what's funny i'm so glad wow sucks right now because it's one (laughs) less sub i'm glad it sucks i'm glad i hate it i'm glad that you know I'm not glad it, it's not really affecting their bottom dollar all that much. I mean, to a certain degree, but they don't give a rat's ass. So, but I'm glad it sucks because I can put that money towards another game. I don't want some of those assholes back. Yeah, some of them you can keep. <laughs> That's probably why they did this. So if you had some people on your ship you didn't really want there, just don't invite them back. I have a doctor's appointment, finally. <laughs> you know, once you go past the six weeks... You kind of have to give up and say, okay, you win. I'll go see the doctor. Vince, you saw the Super Golden Friends, right? The, the what, 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 what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Allow me to send you a link. Frightened now. Oh, no, no. I'm actually fairly surprised that you haven't seen this. Where's the goddamn I am button? Oh, there it is. Damn you, Skype. All right.
Roger sent that to me. My only reaction was I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> Balding Aquaman may be my new favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> and do you guys, either of you guys, watch the Hot Pepper Gaming reviews? Not regularly, but the- occasionally. <laughs> Is that the one where they do the hot, the, like, they, they do the hot pepper challenge or whatever it is? Well, they they eat a hot pepper and then they review a game or they talk about a game. There's some really, really, really funny ones. I love these guys. <laughs> they just they did one at E3, and they're interviewing a couple of guys for this game. Well, it's one guy pretending to be interviewing the other guy who worked on the game, and they're sitting on a couch and they've eaten their peppers and they're they're talking and they're they're done. They're getting their glasses of milk, which is at the end kind of thing. And then all of a sudden he goes, "Oh no, no, no." And they hand the milk back, and who sits down beside them? It's um a, a freaking um um Shuhei Yoshida. <laughs> <laughs> Sits down between them, gets them to give him a pepper, eats the pepper, and then starts talking about the PS4 release of this game. <laughs> it was priceless. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. They even said at one point, like, if you thought it couldn't get any weirder, and then they cut to later. And for some unexplained reason, their sound guy is laying across all of them on the couch, and then he has a pepper. I was like, what the hell is going on at E3 this year? I'm digging the finest little five-piece group up and down the Gulf of Mexico. I guess who's leading that five-piece band? Wouldn't you know it's that swinging little guitar man? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.